Welcome to Let's Talk Football with me, Chris. And me, Richard. The podcast bringing you the latest in football news. Every week we discuss all the big talking points from the world of football and preview all the action in the week to come. In this week's podcast, City Run Riot. Lukaku bullies Arsenal in his second debut for Chelsea. And we'll discuss referees letting the game flow. Is it wrestling? Is it rugby? Or is it just the football we all want to see? Plenty of talking points this week, so without further delay, let's talk football. So there, Richard, how has football life been for you this weekend? It's been all right, isn't it? Yeah. And there's a lot to talk about, I feel, this week. There is a lot to talk about, yes. There's a few controversial things. Yeah, a few one or two things said by a couple of managers. Yes. Lots to get lots to get into, so we, pro- we probably should. Let's, let's start with City then, because I thought... They were brilliant, and Grealish obviously getting his first goal, although he didn't really know much about it, <laughs> I don't think. No, he didn't. But he was there. They were good value for it. For your first goal for your new club, you'll take whatever, won't you? Oh, of course, yeah. If it just hits you and goes in, you, yeah, you're, <laughs> you're laughing, aren't you? He's just like, yeah, there's a goal. I'm having that. But no, they were obviously they were expected to beat Norwich. Yeah, I think Norwich are in for a tricky start. I mean, they've, they've, they've got, what, Leicester next week as well, so... It doesn't get. It's not getting too much easier for them. No, no, and I think they probably would have realised that when they first come up. That you know, it's always going to be tough the first month yeah. or so, especially with the run they've got. Yeah, I think City were were very, very good, very clinical, very much like the Man City that we used to seeing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, they obviously Jesus played yeah, from the right, the didn't game. he? Yeah, yeah, he played from the right. Torres was through the middle. Oh, Torres was through the middle again. All right. Yeah, Torres went through the middle again. Sterling from the left. Oh, sorry, Grealish. Grealish from the left. Sorry. See, they don't need Harry Kane. They don't need Harry Kane. I think. I think. I think they do. I still think if they get him, it's it's game over for all everybody. I've, I made a promise to myself before we started. I wouldn't mention Harry Kane early on. But well, I've done well, it here's now. the thing. Well, here's here's what I would say about about seeing. I think against most of the clubs in the league, they probably don't need Harry Kane. But as they proved against Tottenham last week, when they go against the bigger clubs and they'll shut down someone like Ferran Torres or Gabriel Jesus will struggle to find the space he he needs for his runs, having a focal point like Harry Kane, I think will always make the difference in those big games because they struggled against United last year in the big games. Yeah, They've already lost to Tottenham this season. Obviously, they lost to Leicester in the... Community Shield, yeah. The Community Shield and obviously then Chelsea in the... Uh, the... It was a Champions League final, wasn't it? Yeah, Champions League final. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so they lost it. They lost to Chelsea the Champions League final as well. So I think in those big games they need a centre yeah. forward who's going to get them a goal, and that's what they're looking for in Kane. And I think, I think you're not going to judge City or Norwich. I don't think off of, off of these these two games. No. In all honesty, because Norwich have had a dreadful dreadful run of fixtures to start them return to the Premier League. And City have, have cruised, I feel, in their first two games. And we showed Sunday, with bringing Harry Kane on, that he can do what you were talking about, with sort of being the vocal point. I mean, for yeah. much of the game on Sunday, we were sort of defending. And as soon as he came on, he was the focal point at the top of the pitch. It allowed everybody else to move up. Well, that's and we it. kind of eased into that 1-0 win in the end. You get you get the ball into the, into his feet, and that's it. Then it doesn't... It tends to stick. Yeah, it does. Yeah, and he tends to do really well with it he'll bring a foul or he'll play it off for somebody for a throw or something yeah so yeah i think city were city were cruising cruise to their 5-0 victory over norwich 
and then i guess we talk about what really i guess was the biggest game of the weekend really in chelsea versus arsenal at the um at the emirates yeah and i think lukaku proved what we all thought really even into this game was it was really really a good team for him to face on his second debut for chelsea oh absolutely i mean within 15 minutes he'd scored so yeah and i just think i mean he proved in the rest of his performance for that game though just he just dominated him, didn't he? Oh, he, did. he, even, yeah. he was asked to assess his own performance on the Sky Sports post-match interview, and he oh, said, how would, you, how would you assess your performance? Even he said, dominant. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he was always, always going to do that against Arsenal, Arsenal's defence. He was, and Leno's save in the second half, that was an amazing save. That was, that yeah, was, that was great. I thought that was in. I think everyone face. did. Yeah. When he looked up at the But he screen, even looked, like, didn't he? He went, what, you saved it? <laughs> I think even he thought, oh, maybe I've just headed it off the bar. Yeah, no. <laughs> from that range. For him to claw that away from that distance. Yeah. Great save. Yeah, good luck Aaron Ramsdale getting into that team right now. Yeah. I've got a good stat for you as well for Arsenal. This Go weekend. on then. So it's the first time ever Arsenal have failed to score in their opening two games of a season. Right, ever? ever? Or just Premier League? No, ever. Ever? Ever. That's, that's a long time. That is a, that's a very long time. Well, at least they can say they're record breakers. This Arsenal team. Well, yeah. I, 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 I real, I, I really worry for Arsenal fans. Arsenal fan TV is definitely the place to be. I think. Yeah, at the end of a, at the end of an Arsenal game. Yeah. Yeah, at the minute they're just they're all over the place. At the minute, I, I really, I really worry for them. I think heart problems in the red half of North London are going to go up. So there's going to be a lot of trouble. I think for Arsenal. I, I think now. You know, when you're talking about Arsenal and you're just thinking, yeah, they might just make top half. At the moment, yeah. And I, f- I feel like that's all That's all you're kind of thinking with Arsenal is they might get ninth. Yeah. I mean, they're already sounding out potential replacements for Arteta, which I think is a bit harsh on him personally. <sighs> I mean, I don't think it makes a difference. I just don't think it makes a difference. Right. I think you could put anyone in charge of that Arsenal team at the minute and it's just the trouble's not necessarily the strategy of the tactics of the football no it's more the strategy in the boardroom yeah. and the transfer market that i think is the issue at arsenal and some of the attitude of the players as well oh yeah there is that but i think you know i think when you look at the team they've got a lot of young players in there they have they have and the older heads should be doing better i think oh yeah the fact that they've let joe willett go i think it's ridiculous yeah, after the second half of the season he had with Newcastle, yeah. Who's, who's sanctioning that? He should be in that. He could easily be in that Arsenal team. Yeah. Obviously, they've brought Odegaard back. Yeah. As we said last week, I don't think their problems are that fire at the pitch. Yeah. I've even heard that the young forward, what, um, is it Nikita? Enketia. Enketia has been linked with a £20 million move away from the club. And yeah, he's so one of their brightest young players, I, th- I think. To Crystal Palace, of all places. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, Martinelli's coming back from his injury, but doesn't seem like he's back to full power yet. No. Nope. But they haven't got the... When you look at it, we're, all, we're just talking about their younger players. I mean, Xhaka's probably probably their most experienced player in their first team now, because Bellerin's not really hitting, yeah, making yeah, the first would, team, is he? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. And he's not exactly had the most successful of careers, even at Arsenal. I mean, yeah. he's won a few FA Cups with them, which, of course, is great. But in terms of being someone who is going to nurture a young player and set standards for those younger players in a in a training environment i'm not sure arsenal have got that no and so a lot of these young kids 
are going to struggle from that. And and Saka, I think Saka could really do with having someone with that experience just in and around the training ground because he he can. We, we all know the talent of, Absolutely. of Saka yeah. and what he could potentially be. But has he got the people in the dressing room that he needs to help him set keep his standards high? Yeah, and just to put his arm around his shoulder if he's having a bit of a bad run and say, "Don't worry, it'll be it'll get better." Yeah, and all those types of things. Then I think Arsenal, Arsenal are in trouble. Yeah, I truly believe that. I truly do. Other big points at the weekend, and I guess we've got to talk about Jurgen Klopp and Ole Gunnar have uh, been quite vocal in their. A criticism, I guess, of referees letting the game flow. I thought Klopp's interview after the Burnley game was particularly, I don't know, confusing to me. Yeah. He's obviously got a way of that he he wants to talk about this, this Very whole... cryptic, yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, he, in some ways cryptic, but in other ways he was quite, I just don't agree with the physicality that they want to bring back into the game, and I just don't, and, and I think Oli to a degree as well, but when I was listening to Oli Gunnar Solskjaer's post-match interview that he did with Sky, he wasn't as harsh as I think he's been made out to have been on, on the tactics of the referee. He was yeah. just making the point of, about the f- potential foul to Bruno Fernandes in the build-up to uh, Southampton's goal. Which wasn't a foul. I don't think it was. No. I think it was. but He, he stepped across him and took the ball away. Yeah, and I think I think that was I think that was Ollie's Ollie's gripe there was that he thought that was over overly physical and that he actually went through Fernandez before he got the ball was his point of view. I'm happy for those things to go. I I'm not. I was just like eh, okay, I can see it, and you might be a bit aggrieved about it, but, you know, if it goes against you. But I'm not. I don't mind that. Does Bruno Fernandez's reputation precede him in that respect with him? Maybe going down a little bit too easy on, at times. Not all the time. At times. Yeah, maybe, but I feel... I do think that another referee on another day might have given that. And I think that's I think that's where the... they need The referees just need to make sure, okay, this is the tone we're setting. Yeah. We need to stay consistent with it. And as long as they stay consistent with it, no one's going to be able to... But the second that you get a decision where it's not like that, people are going to point to that other one and go, look, well, how come that wasn't a foul? Or you let that one go. And that that then becomes as the season progresses. I think we'll we'll find the we'll find out what was really happening. I mean, if the referees came out and said no, that's going to fly. That's fine. Yeah. But then, even if they came out now and said actually no, we thought that should have been a foul. Actually, you know, either way, and just just to set the tone so that yeah. people know what to expect. Because VAR would have looked at it, wouldn't they? Because it was oh, in the build up to the goal. Yeah, so... yeah. So it was. I think it was looked at. I think they did look at it because it yeah. was replayed loads before they actually awarded the goal so they were obviously happy with it yeah as for Jurgen Klopp's complaints with no disrespect to Burnley that's what you're going to get playing Burnley they are going to be physical yeah they are going to be physical it's not a a wrestling go and watch wrestling if that's what you want to see no we just want to see commitment and like you know that's what we want to see we want to see people go into committed tackles willing to put their body on the line to win the ball overstep Uh, the mark Exactly. As long as it's not dangerous, as long as it's not going to break a leg, i.e. Perez's challenge. Oh, crikey. Yeah. What you know, on on Monday night football. Yeah, then then I. that's what, especially in England, that's what we love to see. And it's what's made the England game, the English game so popular worldwide, I feel. Yeah. Fast paced and it's, you and know, anybody can beat anybody on yeah. a day. And part of that is down to who's up for it more yeah and that's that's part of it isn't it that's where the stoke on a tuesday night 
came from. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. Of course. Uh, but, you know, overall, I th it's strange to me because I thought Liverpool were actually quite, like, again, they were quite dominant against Burnley. They got through those physical stages when Burnley were on them. Yeah. And actually, they were cruising again. Yeah, they coasted home in the end. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, that's why it feels strange to me when he comes out and, and makes these comments. It's Jurgen yeah. Klopp, isn't it? He's... Jurgen. He likes to give it out when he's not when it's not going his way, but he's not so keen to take it when it is going his way. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, he's quite dramatic. I always I find that with Klopp actually. Klopp's dramatic. He's very he's a passionate guy though, isn't he? He is. And he's it comes, very passionate. He it is. comes out. It comes out in him all the time. Yeah. But uh, another solid game for Liverpool. Just go back then to let's just touch on the United game then as we're there or thereabouts. It's a strange one, United. Obviously, after the Leeds game last week, you know, are we now seeing was last week a false dawn? And it's always the case, I feel, with Man United. You're either on the higher highs or the lower lows as yeah. a United fan in terms of the coverage that United get. It's never like, okay, you've dropped some points away in the Premier League. Anyone can drop points away from home in the Premier League. It's sort of what the game's about. But then on the other side, you do understand that actually now we, this season, I feel given the investment in the team over the last three or four years, this is the time now where we need to challenge. Yeah, and it almost feels like someone's hovering their hand over the White House red button when Manchester United failed to win. Oh, exactly, yeah. Like, the hysteria the hysteria around, around United dropping points is ridiculous. Considering yeah. we haven't won the league since 2013, yeah. it's never changed at United. We're either on the brink of glory... Or it's a crisis. There's there's no in between, and it just it doesn't fit. I mean, we equaled Arsenal's away undefeated record. Yeah. At the weekend, but all the talk is about how bad how bad we've been. But actually, I feel United had the chances to win that game, but didn't take them. And yeah. that is where my criticism for this United team probably comes in, is that ruthlessness. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. We always compare a Man United team to the Alex Ferguson days. That's just going to happen, I'm afraid, because that is the bar. Yeah. That is the bar that was set at the club, and that's where we need to get back to. But they would have found a way to win that game. Yeah. I mean, we don't always win. You know, even in Stratus Ferguson's game, we didn't always win at St. Mary's or whatever. You famously didn't win at St. Mary's under Alex and Exactly. Ferguson. You know, you don't win anything with kids, I believe, was that day, wasn't it? Was that Southampton? Quite possibly. That was, that was the grey kit day. The Grey Kit Day, I remember Grey Kit Day, and I loved all the I loved all the signs from the Southampton fans actually in the crowd at the weekend about you know we preferred you win Grey or whatever some yeah. of the signs were saying. The away kit's nice though. I like the away kit. Yeah, I do like our away kit. It's really not. Wait, it's the third kit that one. Oh, it's the third kit. All oh, right. It's the third kit, but it's a nice one actually. I like the yellow. I think it was to help Lindelof feel more at home. To be honest, <laughs> Def definitely got a Sweden feel to it. Yeah. That blue and yellow. Yeah. Yeah, I see what you mean. So, yeah, I, f I feel like that, you know, I mean, that, that cutting edge. And I think, obviously, having... Once we get Varane up to speed and get Cavani on the pitch, that experience, that winning mentality to have that on the pitch again, because that's what got us... When we won at St Mary's last year, it was Cavani that got us over the line in that game. Mm. His determination to keep running into the box and making the runs and... And that is kind of what we want to see. And that's not what we're seeing from Martial, to, to be quite frank, right now. And I'm I'm cautious of giving Martial too much stick because he's still coming back. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. he, he hadn't... This was his... He's probably paid, I don't know, maybe about 60, 70 minutes of football since his injury back in March. So, I mean, there's a bit... I think we need to 
cut him a bit of slack for now while he finds his fitness again. Yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, we need him to get back. There was a couple of times when he was one-on-one with a player where he, he just didn't... Like in the past, I've seen him just destroy them and just walk past yeah. walk past these players. He wasn't doing that at the weekend. And that's a worrying sign of his confidence level, I think, more than anything else. As Gary Neville said yesterday, I believe, you need Harry Kane as well. Yeah, we do. I think, you know, he, he was... And I think, I think in some ways... In some ways, I feel like Carragher and, and Neville do this to put pressure on their clubs. Yeah. Because, you know, if I've got this platform. If I can help my football team out by pushing this. Like, Gary Neville sat there hoping, Ollie's watching, hoping, you know, the, some of the directors are watching at, at United going, okay, can we actually make this work? But I, I just don't feel that Kane's an option for us. No. No, this, uh, I just don't think he is. Like, on on the basis of not necessarily money, but just that actually Harry Kane's probably got his mindset on going to Manchester City. Yeah, I feel like Oprah Winfrey at the minute. You need Harry Kane. <laughs> you need Harry Kane. No, you need Harry Kane. Everyone everybody, can have Harry. Kane. Everybody needs a Harry Kane. Let's be honest. <laughs> but no I, I still but feel. No I still feel. Him. <laughs> I still feel United are holding out for for Haaland. Yeah, probably. I think that they can probably get Haaland at his cheaper price next summer. We can keep Cavani for this year. Yeah, Cavani and Greenwood will be, and, and Martial hopefully, if he can get his fitness and form back, will be the guys that will play through the middle for us this season. And then next season we'll go out and get Haaland. Is or they'll attempt to get Haaland. They might not get him. Yeah, but given now that Chelsea have got Lukaku, that's one suitor off the table. Yeah. If City get Kane, then it's all around how. Barca and Real potentially, and don't forget Bayern Munich will yeah. probably be in the hunt for it. You know, Bayern are probably the the underdogs in this, but they normally end up getting their man if they're in Germany. Yeah, particularly if Lewandowski's going to leave. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you know, don't count Bayern out in that race for Haaland. Definitely not. It, it depends a lot what happens with Barca's and Real Madrid's finances the next twelve months. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think Gareth Bale will leave. Real Madrid, even though he, he did score at the weekend, didn't he? For, yes, for, he did. Yeah. For Madrid. But I think he probably leaves after his contract. So that'll be a bit of a wage bill relief. Yeah. Obviously, there's rumours about Mbappe going there. Exactly. So that, but in fairness, if Mbappe goes that way and Bale leaves, then actually they're probably not going to go out and be able to get Haaland next year. So Haaland's options next year probably cut down to Bayern Munich or Manchester United. I know where I'd go. Where would you go? Bayern Munich. I think he might choose Bayern. Yeah. You're guaranteed to get in the Champions League every year. Yeah. You're guaranteed to probably win the German League. Yeah. You're going to win stuff with Bayern. I guess it depends on what the challenge is and what he sees the challenge because he's, he's, he's quite a character, isn't he, yeah, Ireland? he's ambitious. Yeah. So it depends on what he sees. PSG could become an option for him, especially if Mbappe leaves and that does open up space. Yeah in that wage bill at PSG. Um, so maybe, you know, maybe Ryan PSG out at that equation is a bit early. I mean, Messi's not going to be there forever. Nope. At this stage, he might do a couple of years and then go off to see David Beckham. Yes, yeah. So there's a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot of moving pieces, isn't there? There always is in the transfer market. Yeah, we'll get onto that a bit more later. We will do. But let's uh, quickly move us on then to... I think it was potentially one of the games of the weekend was Leeds and Everton. Yeah, absolutely. End to end. Yeah. I think there's there's a lot there's a lot to uh, be excited about in there. Yeah. It was a game that flowed and felt like a proper Premier League game. Yeah. 
yeah, I mean, you were watching the highlights, and if you didn't know the score, you weren't 100% sure who was going to win. Yeah, it was, a, it was a great back and forth. And I think after last weekend, going having their first game back at Ellen Road with a full crowd in the Premier League for, what, 17 years or however long it's been yeah, since they got yeah. relegated. Yeah, the, the, the atmosphere was amazing. Yeah. It was really, really good. I think, I think, like we said last week, I think we thought Leeds would be all right, and I still do. I think Everton will do better than probably most people thought this season as well. I think that's definitely, you know, I'm, I'm feeling, you know, going back to Arsenal a little bit, but I think Everton are probably going to finish above Arsenal in the league. Yeah, there's a long way to go, isn't there? There is, but we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I'll probably, uh, probably be made to eat humble pie over that we'll comment. Play, but... We'll play you this back in May. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I don't. I don't think I will. I, I, I think Everton have a chance of finishing above Arsenal. Yeah. Palace and Brentford nil nil. I mean, first points. No, nothing too much there. Vieira very very happy to get some yeah, points on the board. Yeah, point on the board. Obviously, Brentford still unbeaten. Yeah, two clean happy sheets in a row. Homes. They'll be happy with that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Villa. I mean, we can't not talk about Danny Ings's Superb. overhead. Yeah, it was. Tremendous it reminded goal. me of that Rooney one. A little bit different to the Rooney one, granted, but it just like as it, that's what I saw. I just saw, oh yeah, he's done a Rooney. Yeah, he's hit the ground running as well at Villa. Yeah, he's done really well. Two games, two goals. Can't ask for too much more no. from your new striker. And again, Newcastle. I worry for Newcastle. Yeah, particularly with Brucey saying today, if there's going to be any more incomings, it's going to be a loan signing. I'm not going to buy anybody. Yeah, I think that's the ownership up there. Just it's just yeah. not helping the situation. No, it's not. Another another contender for me to someone to finish above Arsenal is Brighton this season. Yeah, two wins from two from them as well. Yeah, they've got a very talented squad in there. Played Watford, obviously they played Watford and Burnley. So let's put it into that context yeah, yeah, before yeah. we get yeah. before we get to our hand. It was two teams that they could beat that they have beaten. Yeah, which is a great start for them in terms of. I'm guessing their primary goal is to stay in the Premier League still at Probably. this stage. Yeah, and just aim as high as they can. Yeah. yeah, and I think early signs are that they'll probably be able to do that, barring injuries. Watford were brought back down to earth with a bit of a bump after last week. They were indeed, and I think uh, I think I think they'll. It's going to be it's going to be interesting actually because I was watching a bit of the highlights from that game. Um, although no, I watched a bit of it actually. I watched a bit of the second half. I think Watford again a struggle in times with their central midfield. I don't think it's going to be up to scratch. I mean, Tom Tom Cleverley, I mean Premier League winner, but I don't know. I've always had a, I've always had a soft spot for Tom. I think obviously because he's a, a former United player, but I just don't think he's technically right for the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, I can see what you mean. Yeah. I think they're going to struggle. I think they're going to get. There's going to be times where that mid- midfield of Watford gets pushed around a little bit, and they're going to need Troy Deeney to kind of get fit, get him up top, and get him. Trying to cause because he will cause trouble. Yes, he will. Defenders, yeah. and I think he'll be the one that they'll need to rely on to do that, as well as obviously Saar, yeah. getting him on the ball as much as they can. Really, I think a lot of the times Watford are going to bypass their midfield very, very quickly in terms of if it is going to go through the middle, it's going to be one, two passes in the midfield and get it out wide to Saar, get it into the feet of Dini, get runners off them. That I think is Watford's best chance of of doing well. Yeah, absolutely. Spurs. With a, another good win under the belt away at Wolves. Nuno's return. Yeah, as I said earlier, it was, you know, penalty went in and then we pretty much defended. We had a couple of chances on the break, second half. 
But no, two wins from two, couldn't be happier. Happy times. We forget in... about Thursday. Indeed, yeah. No, um, we won't, we won't talk about the European escapades of no. Tottenham just yet. We'll wait. We'll wait until the second leg this week when they can. And they've probably, by the time you hear this, already gone out of the Euro, the uh, Conference League. Interesting one with Watford this weekend. Yeah. If you can make it nine out of nine, that's, I think Nuno will be over the moon. And then, of course, on Monday Night Football, we round it off with the West Ham-Leicester game. And I thought West Ham were great. Obviously, you know, the Perez sending off helped, but it was a deserved sending off. My, my thought, 100%. I thought, it's just... It looked horrible. It was horrible. Whether you're stretching, you're off balance. If you're off balance and you're going to stretch into something, you need to pay the consequences of that. I think someone there was a similar one in the Euros in the summer where someone was stretching for the ball off balance and they took someone's studs out halfway up the leg and I can't remember who it was. No, I can't. But it was very similar to that and it's just it just they look horrible. They're nasty. We don't want to see that. We want to see the physical side of the game come back. Yes, so we're very happy with the way. Well, I am very happy with the way that the referees are refereeing. But you can't. I mean, that's. You know what I mean? No one wants to see that. Yeah. I mean, in uh, real time, it looked a bad one. As soon as they slowed it down, it was like, eesh. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, obviously, they dominated the ball up until that point. West Ham scored, and they had the sending off, and West Ham cruised home from there. Really, really good performance from West Ham. They did indeed. Right. So that pretty much wraps up the talk on the games at the weekend. I've got one more got any stat more for, stats for us? Yeah, I was about to say, you got stat. any more stats for I've us? I've got one more stat, and it's a really good one, this one. I like this one. So, Burnley named a team from 1 to 11. So, obviously, goalkeeper being number 1, 2, 3, yep. 4, 5, up to 11. That's the first time, other than yep. a commemorative shirt, for whatever reason, obviously, you did it for the, the Munich, disaster, the Munich disaster with Man City a few years ago. That's the first time since 1998-99 when Charlton did it. There we go. That's amazing. That. I love that one. I like that. I like that. Actually put a 1 through 11 out. Nicely done, Burnley. So moving on then, we're into the transfer market this summer. It's uh, a, well, we're nearly into, we're into the twilight of this season's summer window. Yeah, four days and left. Still, and still plenty, plenty that could happen. Yeah, I think it's going to be a busy time for everybody. I think it, well, I think, yeah, I think for a lot of clubs, yes. For others, no. Yeah. I mean, we touched on Newcastle earlier. They're not going to do anything great. No. Nope. Even though they really need to. But some of the bigger stories, I think, that we've, well, some of, obviously, the Kane fiasco, is that going to get a resolution this summer? I think it's too late now for City. I think they've missed their trick. Well, the thing is, if they, the thing is, um, we know how Daniel Levy works. If they put the money there. Yeah. It will happen. I, I mean, yeah. if he was to go abroad, I think it, there's no chance now because of visas and quarantines. And to be honest, I, I'm interested in that, actually. That's what I'm more interested in going into this window is is when we get to the last day and clubs want to buy players from abroad, given yeah. the changes to the visas and things like that. Obviously, you know, people have done medicals outside the country before. So that side of it, for me, it's all around these visas and how they're going to get visas sorted out. That's very true. Or at least be in a position where registrations can either happen or not happen. Because they have... Because you have, have the sign sheet, don't they? They have that they sign have sheet, sheet that they can... Yeah. yeah, the deal sheet that kind of you send through to the Premier League and as long as that goes through on time, yeah, signed from both clubs and the player. But then you only have four hours extra on top of that. Yeah, to complete the deal. So for me, it's going to be very interesting 
because I think that changes a lot of how English clubs will be able to deal on deadline day. Obviously, club to club in the Premier League, yeah, technically the visa, fine. the visa's not a problem, is it? But it's a yeah, European yeah. transfer in, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. So it'll mm. be a lot of the clubs coming from... It'll be players coming in from Europe. How they're going to get around that element is very interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. I think we're going to... You'll potentially because, probably see a lot of movement. Well, yeah, because this is the reason why the Varane deal took so long to complete was because they had to fill out all the paperwork and yeah. get the visa sorted. You know, yes, he had to do his quarantine before he could do his um, his medical. Yeah. But then the delay after he'd done his medical for like four or five days was the fact that they needed to sort out his work visa. So I'm intrigued to see how many dealings there are from European clubs or indeed clubs from abroad of England or from the UK at least, on that deadline day, or indeed over the weekend, because, yeah, it's just it's just intriguing to me. I just don't see how it's possible, given, yeah, given no, the paperwork that needs point. to be done. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, most of the transfers that we're hearing about, or that yeah. you're seeing in the papers and things like that, are Premier League club to Premier League club. Obviously, Kieran Trippier is still well, one yeah. that they're talking and about, he's... going to Arsenal or going to Man United or... Yeah, but he's English, so he's got a passport. He'll be fine. That is a very good point, and I should have thought that. <laughs> he can. He, he does have the right to be in the country. It's fine. Can he come to England? Are you sure about that? <laughs> yes, yes, he can. But I think the big, the bigger deals. I think we've heard of is Traore to Spurs from Wolves. Yeah, which thinking about it more and more, it actually makes a lot of sense. That one. I don't. I don't like that deal for Spurs. No. I think he's too wasteful, Traore. I think you might as well have Lucas Moura still in your team or Bergwijn. His end product is pony. You need Kane, Son and another. Yes. And you've got Numdembele. Who's probably going to go before Tuesday. You've got Moura. Yeah. You've got Bergwijn. Yeah. So unless any of those go, it doesn't make sense anyway. I don't think Troy is going to improve Spurs. Obviously, no. he's played under Nuno, so that's, that's probably that's the thinking. That's where the link comes. Yeah. Yeah. But other than that, I just don't, I don't, I don't think it makes sense for Spurs to take that signing. The only thing that would make sense to me, so obviously what you've just pointed out, that Nuno is a massive fan of his, as is Paratici, our sporting director, or whatever you call him. And obviously with Traore, you'll get two or three players on him. Now, obviously you're playing against a team like us. If you take two players out of the game to mark an Adama Traore, that leaves plenty of space for everybody else. I don't think they do that though, with him. When you when you watch him play for Wolves, like he's always if you double up, you double up in position, right? Yeah. So it's going to be either your you, you winger and your fullback get on him as he gets a bit closer, and he might be able to go around you. Mm. But the fact that he's the fact that his end product isn't brilliant. Like even when he got in on, got, I never thought he was going to score when he got one on one with Lloris at the weekend. No, no, I never, I never fancied him. You go, he made himself big, but yeah, he's not the biggest goalkeeper. Yeah. But even so, he's the way that he tried to finish it didn't leave me with a lot of confidence that no. he was going to score, and I never thought he would. So I just think you don't necessarily need to. You can, as long as you, ideally, if he tries to get a ball in the box, you block the cross. Yeah, you know, he might, he might stick a worldie in the corner. Yeah, Borsi White. He's got that ability, but I feel the percentages are low on that. So I don't necessarily... Like, if you were facing a Spurs team with Dharma Traore in it, you are not going to be concerned by him. You're going to worry about Son's movement and Kane yeah. and maybe even Deli Ali again as he starts to build his confidence, hopefully, for, for Tottenham. 
Yeah. So you're not you're still not going to worry about him. But someone like but that's the same for like Mora and for Bergwijn and they already players that do that job for you in your team. Yeah. Who can stretch, have the ability to do something a bit special. You have you know what I mean? You've got that. You don't need Traore to add to that pot, I don't think. No. No, I I can see your viewpoint. I think maybe maybe he's got a bit more energy than yeah. the other two, so maybe that's what. But I, I don't think I think you're doing Bergwijn a disservice by saying that because I feel he gets about the pitch and will run does, his socks off. All he needs is a goal, Stephen Bergwijn. Once yeah. he gets a goal under his belt, he'll be fine. It's just he gets himself in the right positions. He just doesn't necessarily do the best thing when he gets there. Absolutely. But apparently, there's going to be well. Maybe potentially up to five players coming into Tottenham before Tuesday. That's going to be a very busy week for us. I don't we'll know. see. Yeah, we'll, we shall see on that one. Uh, Ronaldo as a name. Well, it, it's a strange. I don't understand this whole thing with Cristiano Ronaldo at the minute. No, I don't. I think he's been left in limbo because I mean, as strange as this sounds to say, it doesn't seem like anybody wants him. Yeah, which obviously <laughs> he's thirty-six years old. For a star and he'll be 37 during the season he's still one in the top two best players in the world oh of course he is i just don't think it feels strange to me but obviously psg have done their deals they're not getting anyone no nope. Real have already ruled out and moved back for him i think he doesn't want to go back to real madrid either no nope. he probably wouldn't go to barca even if they could but we all know barca ain't buying anyone no nope. he doesn't fit the profile at bayern munich no nope. he's city didn't want him he was nope. offered to city apparently I find it strange to think that he would consider a move to Man City anyway, given his links to the other side of the city. And Tottenham had been mentioned. We I mean, yeah, whatever. We were mentioned. I nearly fell over. He probably laughed the same as I just did. Yeah, but and United, and I don't think with United investing in Sancho and having Greenwood and having like he would obviously the United crowd would love to see Ronaldo back at Old Trafford, but at the same time, it doesn't make sense for United to go down that route with him. No, it doesn't. And the thing is, obviously, you're going to have to, obviously, the wages alone are going to be much, too much for many clubs at this time. Yeah. And then you've got to essentially build your team around Ronaldo. Yeah. And the argument against him coming to us, not that he ever would, would be, is he going to be wanting to press the ball at every turn like Nuno's trying to play? No, absolutely not. So... You know, even if it would, even if it made sense for Ronaldo to come to Spurs, even if we had the financial, I mean, the fact that you're even still it, having this conversation with me is is laughable. Exactly, it is laughable, and it's yeah. I I genuinely don't know what's happening with I him. Feel, at but I, yeah, I, I feel like he wants to leave Juve. I think that's where this has come from. We'll go to the MLS then. But I don't. I, don't, I think he'll end up staying at, at Juve. I think yeah, he'll stay there and, it, and he'll score and he'll score thirty goals this season and no problems. But I think next season he will be on the move and he 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 won't settle. I don't think to go down in his mindset. I don't think he'll want to do that. I think he'll want to stay at the top until you know he'll see himself as I can still be at the top of my game when I reach forty. Yeah, probably if he keeps. And I mean, he's, he's a fit lad, isn't he? So yeah, exactly. He's. <laughs> He's a fit. He's a he's fit, a lad, fit yeah, lad. One way of describing Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, yeah. He's a fit lad, isn't he? I didn't he's a, know he's, where I was going with that. <laughs> he's, a, he's a specimen. Is the word you're looking for? He's a freak of nature. Yes. He's an athlete of the highest, highest level. All right. He's down. worked hard to put himself down. there. And um, well, no, he's, he's he's all his own work. Oh no! You know I mean? He looked after himself. He looked after himself. He, you know, he got his. He was one of the first players to get his own chef and. 
to sort out his nutrition and do all of that side of it, you know, let alone the practice that he put in on the yeah. training pitch, hours and hours and hours, and some of the things that, that he, that I, you know, I was told about that he used to do at United. So when he apparently used to train with tin cans wrapped around his foot when he was practicing his dribbling. Right. To help strengthen up his ankle muscles and to help with his balance. Do you know what tins he was running with? I don't know. I don't know that, to be honest. But, you know, that's kind of what he was doing. I was just curious. So so it'd be interesting to see to see what happens with Ronaldo. Uh, another big move which might happen, but again, you know, having discussed the visa issue, is um, Saul to uh, Chelsea. Yeah, obviously Chelsea are in the market for a couple, by the sounds of it. Obviously, Kunde is another one. Yep. That they're still circling around. They're still working on that one. I think. I think they're waiting. Obviously, they've got rid of a couple. Chelsea. They're waiting for Zuma to maybe move on, and then they might switch around to that one. But as you say, with the visa thingy, that had never really occurred to me. What they'd do close to the yeah. deadline is there no way of getting sort of a special sort of he can come into the country with this one, or does the visa have to be sorted out before you can sign him? Or I don't know. Indeed, indeed. But we've got lots to see, and obviously we'll be here next week. Bringing you everything, keeping you up to date with the deadline day's business. So make sure you come to us for that. Yeah, it's going to be a late night, Tuesday night. In fact, I always enjoy transfer deadline. Oh, I day. do. I love that day. I love it. I do. I like going going into them. We hear the same report from the same reporters outside the same training grounds every time. Yeah. But we still listen in the hope for your club that something's happened. And hoping that Peter Odden Wingy will turn up somewhere. Yeah, Peter Roddenwingy ending up at a football club where he wasn't supposed to be. Still one of the greatest things to ever happen on deadline day. Yeah. It's so funny. Right then, let's move us on then. We must, we must catch up with our friend Gianluca, a football manager 2015 Wonder Kid fame. How, how has he got on this last week? Well, some good news for Sander okay. Hassan at least. All right. They won. Oh, nice. They actually Was our won the game. Um, no. No? All oh, right. Okay. He, he great. Came on, he came on for five minutes at the end. Brilliant. Good work. Good work indeed. So, in that case, let's have a look at next week's fixture, shall we? So, starting with Saturday lunchtime, we've got Manchester City versus Arsenal. Then, moving on to the three o'clock games on Saturday Newcastle versus Southampton, Brighton against Everton, West Ham against Crystal Palace, Norwich against Leicester, Aston Villa against Brentford before the big game at half past five between Liverpool and Chelsea. Moving on to Sunday, Burnley play Leeds, Tottenham face Watford, where it's a trip to Molyneux for the final game of the weekend for Manchester United. I'm very much looking forward to this weekend. I can't wait for Van Dijk versus Lukaku, by the way, Saturday afternoon, evening. That is going to be, yeah. That's going to be a big game. That's going to be a big game. I'm looking forward to City versus Arsenal. It'd be interesting to see how Arsenal react. Yeah, but it doesn't get any easier for them. It doesn't get any easier I for mean, them, th- no. I mean, there is every chance that they're going to be three games in, no points, no goals scored. Possibly. There is Possibly. every chance of that happening for Arsenal. Yeah, obviously West Ham versus Crystal Palace, another chance for West Ham to pick up some points. Absolutely, especially at home. Yeah. They seem to be making that place their own place now. They seem to be settling in, don't they, at the Olympic Stadium. They do, and someone pointed something out with the game on Monday. Well, they've straightened off the ends of the pitch, which I didn't okay. notice. So they've made so they've then brought them cl- the fans closer to the pitch, but they've lined it off so it looks more like a football stadium, at least at either end. Okay. 
And more, more cardboard cutouts, please, West Ham. I want to see every single one of your players, every time they score, needs to have their own cardboard cutout to run around with when they score. Did you see the way he just disregarded himself? Once I loved it. Once he scored, he it raised great. it up above his head and then just threw himself away. Yeah, I love it. I, I, I just oh, I love stuff like that. Give give me oh, more of that, footballers, please. I wonder who picked up Michael Antonio and took him home. Yeah, someone probably did. He's probably drenched in beer in a pub somewhere, probably. Yeah. So no, lots to look forward to next weekend, as always. So um, let's let's see let's see what what happens. I think lots and lots to look forward to. So if you're listening to this podcast for the first time and you've made it all this way, thank you so, so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a comment for us if you're listening through iTunes, all those things. You can get in touch with us as well at Let's Football Pod or you can email us Let's Talk Football Podcast 442 at gmail.com. We'll be back next week. As we said, transfer deadline next week. So I'm sure there'll be lots and lots to break down all the football from the weekend. We will see you all next time for some more great great talk about football and we'll see you all soon bye bye bye